Yeah. We're going to be continuing in the book of Romans, and, and I want to let you all know, as you saw during praise and worship, that um, with the verses, there was the English and then also the Spanish. We have been blessed. Why? We don't know, but we have been blessed to have the Spanish-speaking community with us. Amen? Because there is not a God of the Spanish. There is not a God of the blacks. There is not a God of those who live and study in Antarctica. There is only one God. So as we, as we pull ourselves together and get our act together, we want to make sure that we are all inclusive. So as we are learning, we are transitioning, we want to, you, you all to understand that as we put scriptures up, you will see both a Spanish and a English translation. Now, as we move on, you're saying, well, I'm not having time to take notes. You know what you have to do? Pull your phone out and take a picture of the screen. Simple enough? Pull your phone out, take a picture of the screen. And if you want, I mean, however you do it, but we want to make sure that we're not leaving anyone out. Amen? So we're talking again, or we're continuing our discussion in the book of Romanos, yellow, huh? Rom That's what I say. Romanos, ocho. All right, okay. Romans the eighth chapter, and we left off last week. We're we're going to pick up in verse fourteen. And if I was going to give a title to this, it's going to be check yourself. Check yourself. Know who you are. That the police can't just pull you over and stop you and say, step out of the car. It's like, you got to give me a reason. So you, so you have to say, you know, you have rights. I mean, if, if, you, were, if you were doing 55 down Euclid Road, then if he pulls you over, it's kind of obvious. But if you get pulled over for no apparent reason, then you got to check yourself. So verse 14, it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are who? The, ch the, ch the children or the sons of God, as the King James Version says. Then verse 15, the Spirit you received, how many of you are saved and you received the Spirit of Christ, makes, does not make you a slave. It does not put you in bondage. It does not cause you to live in fear again. But rather the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry Abba Father and we understand that when it says Abba Father it's saying what daddy that's who he wants to be to us he wants to be daddy to us not the daddy that spanks us not the daddy that always on our back he wants to be the daddy that when you scrape your knee he says come here What's wrong with you? Why are you crying? Come here, let me give you a hug. We're going to make this better. And we have lived in fear, as it says in the verse. We have lived in fear because of the uncertainties of life. We have lived in fear because we didn't know where our next step was. Maybe we took for granted where our next meal was going to come, but we weren't sure about where our future was going. And then verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit, capital S, confirms or testifies with our spirit 
the small s, that we are the sons of God. And then verse 17, it says, now, if we are children, then we are heirs. What is an heir? An heir is someone who inherits or partakes or receives something upon the death of another person. It doesn't have to be a parent. It could be a friend. It could be a loved one. It could be a co-worker. They say, when I die, I'm going to give this to you. But we're not just heirs of God because God has never died. Jesus died on the cross. And so when Jesus died, we received. When Jesus died, we received. We received the rights and the privileges of heaven. And the Bible says that we're not just heirs of God, but we are joint heirs. So God, whatever you give Jesus, you'll give to me. But I'm telling you, God's not going to ask you to die on the cross. That was a one-time thing. It's not going to happen again. And, and I can't say how people are going to die. I don't have that information. But you will not have to die for anyone else on a cross. But you're saying, Lord, I need healing in my body. Well, if I'm willing to give healing to Jesus, which Jesus never needed it, but whatever I've given to my son, I will give to you. Lord, my grandmother is sick and, and I want to pray for her. Well, go put your hands on her. Lay your hands on your grandmother and pray this prayer. By his stripes, you are healed. The same power that I've given to Jesus, I will give to you. Why haven't we committed? Why have we not followed up? Why are we not laying hands and raising people from the dead? Because we have not partaken of all that we have been given. Anybody ever raised anyone from the dead? But God has given you that authority. God has given us that power, but we have not walked in it. It's nobody's fault but ours. Well, when am I going to get to that level? When you get to that level. You don't go to college the first day and they hand you a diploma. You got a whole lot of schooling to do. You got a whole lot of tests, a whole lot of study halls, a whole lot of labs to do. It's a process. And it says that if we are children of God, then we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order also, we will also share in his glory. God wants you to share in his glory. God doesn't want to see you all beat down, broke down, broke, busted, and disgusted. Because what does that say? What does that say about you as a parent when your kids go to school? And I know holy jeans are actually a style. But when they got holes in the bottom of their shoes and their hair is nappy and they smell, what does that say about you as a parent? So if you don't want to send your children to school like that, why would God want to let you go out into the world looking like that? God wants the very best for his children. And even though Jesus said the poor I always have with you, he didn't say I always want you to be poor. God wants you to have the very best because we are a testament of God. And I said this a few weeks ago. We may never talk to people, but they'll see the life that we live. But when you have a chance to talk to them, man, a while back you was driving that old raggedy truck. 
And now you're driving this brand new Lexus. Well, it ain't brand new. It's a 2015. But nevertheless, look at the upgrade, man. You know something? I don't know what happened, but I just had this encounter with God. And it's not that God wants to throw the bling bling on you. It may not happen like that, but God will change your life. If you what? Check yourself. And realize who you are. I like watching shows like Blue Bloods and, and uh, uh, Law and Order. And it's always those episodes where the person commits a crime and they say, you can't do anything to me. Why? Diplomatic immunity. Because I'm a citizen of another country, I can't be charged with certain crimes. And if you are a child of God, it doesn't give you a right to speed. It doesn't give you a right to get publicly intoxicated. But the things that the enemy wants to charge against you, you can't say the name of Jesus in here. <laughs> no, diplomatic immunity. I can say Jesus wherever I want to. You may not like it, but I can say the name. What are you doing? This is a school cafeteria. Why are you praying over your food? Diplomatic immunity. Now, check yourself. Because we have to know who we are. We have to know who we are. Y'all with me? You cannot measure your success without first having goals. You cannot build anything without having a plan. And you cannot reach your destination without planning a route. You can't measure your goals if you don't have a plan. Any, anybody who cooks... Anybody who ever cooks, do you write down every ingredient that you're about to put in that bowl? But you know what you do? <laughs> she does that so she can pass it on from generation to generation. That's a good thing. But before you cook, do you do you sit down and say, like, okay, these are all the ingredients I need? You cooked it enough times. You know what you have to put in there. And you couldn't write it down if you didn't know what you have to put in it. But you know what your plan is. You know what it is that you want to do. So whether you write it out, there are times where I've built things. And I didn't draw out the specifics of the plan of what I wanted to build, but I knew what I had to do. You can't just take boards and start hammering them together and think, oh, it's a bed. Really? That's a, that's a tall bed. <laughs> you ain't even got steps to get on it. Looks more like a ladder to me. But you have to have a plan and you cannot go where you need to go if you don't plan a route. Well, we're just going to get in the car. Or we're going to drive. All right. Anybody know where Interstate 64 starts and ends? Interstate 64. Let's just put it this way. It, it, it starts depending on which way you're going. It starts in Chesapeake and it ends in St. Louis. That's as far as 64 goes. So if I want to go to California, I can't stay on 64 the whole way. It won't get me there. I've got to have a plan. Well, when I get to St. Louis, where do I go then? Or if I want to go to Florida, I can't get on Interstate 40 because Interstate 40 is going to take me west. Know where you want to go. Have a purpose. Have a plan. And check yourself. So in verse 14, it tells us, and my first point is this. First, listen 
and then lead. First listen and then lead. What is God telling you to do? What is God telling you to do? He's saying, for many is led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. What is God telling you to do? And not the big thing. Not quit your job and, and go become a missionary in another country. But is God telling you to go and minister to somebody on your job? Is God telling you to go knock on your neighbor's door and ask them how are they doing? What do they need from you? What is God telling you to do? And when we learn to do those things, the Bible says, for many is led by the spirit of God. Those are who? The sons of God, the children of God. Many people are going to do great things in their lives and they're going to touch the lives of many people. But just because you do a great thing or a good thing doesn't mean necessarily it's a God thing. People will do all types of great things in this life, but unless they are led by God, that doesn't mean just because they raise money to, to get children backpacks to go back to school doesn't mean that they're doing a God thing. Just means they did a good thing. First listen and then lead. And you will know by the results that you get. You can judge by the results you get and say, well, God, I, I know this was you. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. First listen and then lead. It doesn't matter if it's a volunteer project. I've always wanted to be, be on the school board or I've always wanted to be a part of the civic league. Those can be great things. And you may have all the time in the world to do them, but if God's not telling you to do it, don't do it. Because when that door opens and God said, this is what I really have for you to do now. Well, I can't, Lord. I'm on the school board and they meet on the same nights that you want me to do this project. But did I tell you to do that project? If God is for you, then who can be against you? Learn to listen to God and, and you will know it's not every time that we get it right. We don't get it right. We don't hit the mark. The, the mark, the bullseye every time. But you'll learn how to listen to God. Number two, there's no fear in God. Check yourself. Because there's no fear in God. I'm bragging on the choir and how well they sang this morning. So I want the praise and worship members all to get up and I want them to grab a mic. And we're going to sing this song by R. Kelly because we've turned it into a church song. I believe I can fly. And they're going to grab the microphones and they're just going to jump and leap and sing. I believe I can fly. You feel kind of foolish doing that. And we're going to jump over the chairs and knock stuff over just believing you can fly. No, we're not going to do that. When people start asking you to do things or saying what you should be doing and you're like, no, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And the truth be told. We understand there is a blessing when you give an offering, there is a blessing when you pay your tithes. We will never, ever get away from that. But when people start putting pressure on you 
telling you, if you don't give, something bad is going to happen to you on this, on this week. That's not God. That's fear. We need everybody in here. I got how many people in here? I need everybody in here to give an offering of no less than, no less than $50. If you don't have it, ask somebody for, for it. Put it on a credit card. We don't care. We need everyone in here to give $50. Like, I ain't got $50 to give y'all right now. I love y'all, but I don't have $50. That is not God. That is fear. And getting you to believe that if you don't give, something bad is going to happen. I I don't serve that kind of God. I don't think anybody in here serves that kind of God. If you don't have it to give, honestly, if you do not have it to give, if you know that God is in you, there should be something in you. It's like, I wish I had it. I wish I had $20 to give. I wish I had this amount to give. And if you don't give, we should be convicted about it, everyone. But there should, be, there should never be a pressure that you have to give or God is going to curse you. Because that's not the type of God we serve. I don't care what anybody else says, what other organizations outside of church do. That's not the type of God we serve. There is a man and a woman who are still in the news right now, David and Louise Turpin. Twelve children of their very own. Tell the children, go wash your hands. And if their hands got wet above the wrist, they would take the children and tie them to the bed. Y'all knew what I'm talking about? Go to the store and buy a pie and sit it on the counter and make the children drool over it and wish they could just take a bite of it. They dare not eat it. Cause them to live in such conditions to where there's waste and and feces and all types of stuff all over the walls and on the floor. Is that the type of parent or is that the type of God that you want to serve that would tell you, I'm going to put this in front of you, but you can't have it. Stop playing or I'm going to tie you up or I'm going to tie you down. That is not the type of God we serve. So if it's if it's of fear now, now we want everyone in here and I mean everyone in here to get to the point to where if we say, how about can you can you do the announcements today that you say, fine. Can you give me a brief, you know, idea of what I need to emphasize? Yeah, uh-huh. we want you to be comfortable with public speaking because trust me, it's an asset wherever you go. If you can get up in front of people and talk, it it really is. When you get up in front of people and you can just say, hey, we want everybody to know that on today we're having a picnic after work and you're invited. You can also call your family and you just give a few words. And they're like, wow, man, you seem like you handled that pretty good. It's an asset. So that's not the type of fear we're talking about. That's those kind of things we're apprehensive. But if you ever have any doubt, If you ever have any doubt, God is always there. Like, Lord, should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? I mean, because I'm not really comfortable with this. But you can sing. You can talk. You can write. You can dance. 
So if it's if it's a fear, then it's not of God. We just have to learn to work past ourselves. And then the last one is this. His glory is your glory. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, his glory is your glory. But also understand that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. But if it's but if it's his glory is your glory. Verse 17, it says that we are heirs of God. And there it is from from my second point. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Y'all got to help me out here. I'm almost done. All right, his glory is your glory. Now, granted, there are sufferings that we will face in this life. We will at some point perhaps get sick. We will at some point perhaps fall and injure ourselves. At some point, we may get laid off of our jobs. But but the great things, the beautiful things that God has in store for us, again, whatever God has given his son, riches and glory. If he's given them to his son, he'll give them to you. And that's that's just how much God loves us. If he's given them to his son, he will also give them to you. And then in Ephesians chapter one, verse nine. It says he made known to us the mysteries of his will according to his good pleasure. He made known to us the mysteries. God didn't have to tell us the things that we know. But he did it according to what? His good pleasure. God, what's the next step in my life? I want to receive your glory. I want to receive the blessings that you have in store for me. And it's those little nuggets of information, that understanding, that wisdom that he gives us. It's according to his good pleasure. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Kind of cold, kind of dry. Brother, thank you for coming on up here. I need your help. Man, you, you just like Johnny on the spot. You hold that for me, sir. Uh, take it over there a little bit. Over there. Now, I don't want you all to get lost in, in, in all of this. Here you go. Hold that just about right there. You need some gloves? Um, yes. Okay. All right. Here you go. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> All right. Now, just for a moment here, understand that in the, the in the electrical world, this is what we call. Can you put that slide up there for me? This is what we call a cutout. Can you all say that? Say cutout. All right. You have power coming in from the top. And then the power goes out through the bottom. So let's just say God is pouring power into you. So guess what? Power needs to be coming out of you. 
It ain't supposed to stop right here. So you got to, in order for power to get from here to here, we got to do what? We got to check ourselves. So, in the, and I noticed one pole right over there. If you look out there, you'll see a, a round gray thing on the pole. It's called a transformer. And on the top of the transformer, this is like a switch. And that will interrupt and that will stop the power. Now, to go from here to here, there is a fuse. The things that will cause the fuse right here to blow is one of two things. One, we call it, we'll just say is shock. Suppose there's a lightning storm and lightning hits. Lightning can hit way down at um, Independence Boulevard. And it'll follow through the lines until it hits this thing right here. And because of the voltage, it'll shock and blow the fuse. A squirrel can get up here. And it happens all the time. Birds, we can't avoid that. But it'll cause a shock, and before you know it, it blows the fuse. The other thing that will cause it to blow is what we call load. So Deacon Parsons just bought an 85-inch flat screen or curved screen TV. Sister Lori, everybody don't know it, but she's in the back. She got a welding machine. She's back there creating art and, and all these other things. So and, and then Sister Patricia is out and she got a pool party and all these lights and music and everything going. You have all of this stuff going on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody got their air conditioners blowing, the windows wide open. And so there's so much load. It causes that fuse in there to just literally melt. It's saying I can't handle the pressure. So this is what happens to us. Because we don't check ourselves. We don't know who we are in Christ. Because we haven't asked God, Lord, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? We begin to take on load. We begin to take on things in our lives that God said, I didn't tell you to do that. The reason why you're so tired, the reason why you're so wore out is you're taking on more load than what you should be doing. Y'all understand that? But th there's also the shock in my life. You mean to tell me, as a matter of fact, I just got a text yesterday about my brother's girlfriend had a stroke. That's shock. And we're wondering, how, how old are they? They're too young for that. But it, it happens. It happens. So what, in order to keep the power flowing, this is what we call a fuse. Okay, and so this fuse goes in here. Granted, we got power coming in and we got to have power coming out. So we put the fuse in and now the power is starting to flow. Y'all got the power? Are you checking yourself? But all of a sudden. Can you stand off to the side a little bit? All of a sudden, y'all notice. <laughs> the boss tells you and, and it's Friday. You ready to go home and the boss tells you, well, we got some extra customers that just came in the store. I need y'all to work late. So guess what? Your fuse blows. And you wide open. Is there any power flowing? Ain't no power flowing. So you're like, oh, my goodness. Now, understandably, in the real world, we would take this fuse out and put a new fuse in and throw it back in. But I'm not going to keep doing that. So we like, all right, boss, I'll go back to work. So y'all back there laughing, joking, having a good time. You're like, you know, it ain't a big thing. Besides, they're going to pay me a little bit of overtime. 
But then you're driving on the way home and all of a sudden some kids want to start running out in front of the street and keeping you from where you want to go. Now, you know what you want to do. You want to get out and witness to them, don't you? No, you start blowing your horn at them and cussing them out. Ain't no power flowing. And this keeps going on and on. Or suppose you're in school and we know this is going on all the time. You're like, I'm so glad. I'm so glad those snow days are gone. I'm so happy to be back in school. I love taking tests. I love doing homework. But I need a I need a way to vent. So I'm going to start playing basketball. So you start playing basketball and they're like, wow, you're really good, man. You can really jump when you play basketball. Did you ever think about being a cheerleader? Well, how am I supposed to be a cheerleader and a basketball player? Well, we're talking about as soon as basketball season is over, you can start being a cheerleader. Oh, well, I'll think about it. And before you know it, you're thinking about this, you're thinking about that. And guess what? Then your power stops flowing. Y'all see it? There's, there's different things in our lives. Some are immediate and some are gradual. There's sometimes there's a shock and sometimes there's a load. But let me tell you this much. The only way that you can even get to this point, say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed. The only way that you can even get to that point is you got to have something in you. You got to have something in you. If there is not something in you and you can you can make this to be whatever you want to be. You can call the fuse. You can say the fuse is my heart. You can say the fuse is my mind. Or whatever it is that blows. Whatever it is that interrupts that power. But if you don't have something in you. If you don't have something in you, the power will never flow. This door, unless there's a fuse in it, the way it's designed. If there is not a fuse in here, you can do this all day. How come my power won't come on? Because you because you ain't got nothing in you. You ain't got nothing in you. Because when we drive down the street and they're like, oh, down here on Euclid Road or wherever it is, and they say the lights are out and it's, it's easy to find at nighttime. We go so far and then we start looking for this. And we're like, oh, it's easy to find. Because guess what? The fuse is blown. The door is open. But some people ain't never have no power in them to begin with. But don't feel bad. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And even though... Oh, fuse is blown. <laughs> Even though something happens and you get upset. When you blow your fuse, it doesn't mean you're not saved. Because I done put in how many doors so far? A bunch. It's like, God, how many how many fuses you got? God's got I got more fuses than you got problems. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means that, Lord, I, I blew it. I overloaded myself or I got shocked. And it might be just in one area of your life. It doesn't mean that you have to go back to the altar and and say the sinner's prayer all over again. It's just, God, forgive me. And the Lord's like, fine. Because, again, I have to say, there's power in you. Excuse me. The power is coming in you and the power has got to come out of you. 
And I'll say this, if y'all can just imagine, in many cases, this is 19,000 votes coming into this. And this little piece of this little piece of metal cord right here is transferring that 19,000 votes and coming right into here. And then when it goes into that transformer, it breaks it down from 19,000 votes to 120 volts so that you can charge your, your cell phone. From 19,000 volts down to 120 volts. So that means the power that's in you, you need to pass it on. And people may not be able to receive the power like you receive the power, but you got to break it down to them. You got to learn to explain things to people in a way that they'll understand. But in the process, if, if they don't understand it and you blow a fuse, it's OK. <laughs> it's OK. As many problems as you have. Guess what? God's got fuses. You got to keep checking yourself. You got to keep checking yourself. And I'm telling you, as many times as you blow that fuse, God's like, I'll put a new fuse in you. I will put a new fuse in you. I don't care. Blow it again. He's not daring you to blow, but he said, as many times as you blow a fuse, I'll put a new one in you. Because guess what? The power's got to flow. And these people down here who need this lower voltage, they're not going to get it. If the power ain't flowing through you. Nobody is going to know about Jesus Christ unless you let the power flow through you. And if you blow the fuse, God will, God will refuse you. Not refuse you, not turn you away, but he will put a new fuse in you. Amen. Thank you, sir. Now, I don't know how many of you all have seen the new Dominion Energy commercials, little kid, and he's saying about the new power grids, and you seen it, mother? And they're talking about all of these new infrastructures that maybe even the lights will get themselves back on. There are many devices out there where you all may notice your lights will go out for maybe about 30 seconds, and then all of a sudden they just come back on by themselves. Because there are devices out there that are automated and they can do that. Nobody has to go out there. It just says shut the lights off and then it says bring the lights back on. But when it comes to stuff like this, somebody has to go out there and fix that problem. Everything in your life, everything in my life, it's just not going to automatically fix, fix itself. Some things you just got to put your hands on it. And that's the only way it's going to get fixed. That's the only way. Amen. So we can we check ourselves? Can we make sure that 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 we're not holding people back? I'm learning more and more every day. About communication. Not one of my, my strong points. I'm learning how to communicate better with, with, my, with my wife, Pastor Wendy. Because how I say it may mean how she understands it. I may say it one way, but the way she receives it can be something totally different. And I was even on the job the other day, and I said 
somebody asked me a question and I answered it one way and then later on I thought about it. I was like, I gave him the bad answer. And I went back to him and I told him, I said, I know what I told you, I said, but this is really what I meant. Got to check myself. Got to check myself. And these, these verses, 8 through 14, God is telling us that. I, I put my spirit in you for a purpose. And you will know you are my son. You will know you are my daughter. You will know you are my child because you're led by the things that I have told you to do. That's how you know. That's how you know you're God's child because you do what they tell you to do. All these other kids over here acting up and running around, but your child just sat right there and didn't move. I know that child ain't moving because I know what your mama would do. I know what your daddy would do if they found out you were messing around in class. That's how people know who you are. And that's how they know who your daddy is. 